enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk a diff- uh, about a different movie from the uh, horror genre, from your well-known classic, down to that rare gem. 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 At the back of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are talking about the 2008 Canadian horror Pontypool, Tim, were you ever into like talk radio at any point? Like, uh, it was kind of big when we were in high school. It had kind of a renaissance, at least in the Chicago area. I guess it doesn't have to be from that era, but you know, I I wasn't at that age only because I was still reeling from my hatred of it as a kid because my dad listened to it incessantly, like in the car, right. and. It just, you know, when you're a kid, you can't really pick up on the humor. You can't pick up on the topics or if it's political or what have you. So it was kind of like, oh, man, dad's <laughs> listening to that again. Um, so I, I actually actively didn't like it. Um, as I got older, I, I started to appreciate it a bit more. But even today, uh, as it is now, I, I still should probably listen to more because the funny thing is, is we do a podcast yeah, and, and yet I rarely listen to podcasts, um, which is kind of like a Neo talk radio in a weird sort of way. It is. Yeah. I would say podcasting and talk, ra- at least modern day talk radio, very different. There is no more like fun talk radio. It is all agenda talk radio now like talk radio sucks now but like when we were in high school i loved talk radio was upset like wckg oh yeah with danny you had danny bonaducci you had uh brand meyer kevin matthews like that lineup like that's all i did from dawn to dusk was listen to talk radio so what do you think was the what was the demise of it where i mean if i guess i guess it really didn't go necessarily it didn't take a dip but maybe it's just the lack of people listening to the radio yeah, in general just no one i don't listen to the radio anymore <laughs> right. i mean yeah i listen to podcasts or spotify in my car like it very rarely do i listen to the radio if i don't want to like get my phone out and play something specific because my phone will just start random shit that i don't want to listen to right so if i'm not if i'm just like taking a short trip i will listen to the radio briefly a lot of times I will drive in silence <laughs> and now because I hate radio now, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, all the music I want, I have with me. I don't need it. Co- you know, I can set a random playlist yeah. to where I'm surprised, but I still don't have to listen to stuff I don't want to listen to. You know, I, I will say if I even if I didn't listen to a lot of talk radio, I, I always was sort of enchanted by the idea of DJs and talk radio hosts being these sort of um, really strong personalities, almost to a, like a, there was almost as if it was a sense of rebellion that like you couldn't right. you couldn't monitor the airwaves as heavily as you could. So it, it was like they had some sort of freedom to reach a large group of people and be very opinionated and um, almost like these sort of rebellious icons. So yeah. I think that's cool. It's not to say that all of them were cool, but like the concept of it, like them being these sort of like outlaw heroes right. of the people, that's kind of going cool. against the system. Yeah. Rebels. We actually kind of started that way because I mean, we were friends in a comedy group and stuff, but uh, when you went to college you were like dude i started doing uh stuff on the radio station you gotta come in and do it with me and then we did radio at the university for like three or four years yeah. after that like nonstop. and that felt like that like we were like we could do whatever we want we would push the limits yeah uh there was one morning we did a sunday morning show and you were playing uh killing in the name and you were uh on purpose not (laughs) bleeping the song right because you were it was up to the dj to edit the song yes 
Uh, that was fun. It's good, yeah. good times. No, I did enjoy that. And there, and there was sort of, um, there is an excitement when you're in, there's something about the, a radio studio um, th- that it's usually a small space. It's usually a, it's a sort of, it's a place of kind of uh, focus. Like if you're in a giant office somewhere with like 50 people at desks, I mean, you, you hear the clatter of things, people talking, phone conversations going on, but there's something almost like church-like about a radio studio. Yeah. And so it, that only makes it more exciting for you to, to get amped up, to do crazy things, to say crazy shit, because it's kind of like this, it's like this uh, pulpit where everybody is just forced to listen to you. Right. You know? And if, um, yeah, but you feel like no one's around. Like, I can get away with, like, I'm, I'm yeah. here alone. I can get away with this, but I am broadcasting it. I mean, WPUR, you were broadcasting it six blocks. But yes. <laughs> right. Still, right. the guys at Mancino's really appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, if if they were parked in the radio station driveway, then yes, like right. then they would hear it. I don't know yeah, if they they've hear come it. a long way. WVUR, thanks to uh, one of our mutual friends who yeah. continued on and really focused on radio as a career and helped take WVUR kind of out of the fun, but made it more legit. Yeah, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, but I'll I'll always miss those days. And then I, uh, I have my own uh, shit with the shock jocks in general. Oh, that's right. You, I worked... lost a dream job due yeah. to a shock jock. So I was working in. Uh, I got an internship on Q one hundred and one in the mornings with the Wendy and Bill show. I uh, <laughs> my first day was a Wednesday. I was they slated me three days a week. That was my schedule. So my first day was a Wednesday. I went in on that Friday, and then the next Monday. Uh, we came into they had been fired and replaced with man cow everyone's favorite honest chicago dj (laughs) uh but that was surreal that was nuts and that quickly ended my i had another flirtatious run doing like a weekend show but man that ended my radio career right quick did you meet man cow (laughs) no oh no no okay are you sad about that? No, not at all. No, because <laughs> I was not a fan of his before that. So being let go. And there was another dude that I worked with internship who stayed at Q101 and then ended up working for Man Cow. And Man Cow would do like a. Like they would film their show. Right. Yeah. So they're all, you know, it's all just fake characters and it's really annoying radio. Some people love it and that's fine. I don't like it. Um, but just seeing like that dude in the videos that they'd put out and he's wearing some dumb wig and i'm just like jay what have you done what did you do to yourself right, right. very depressing yeah no i have met him and uh i i kind oh, of yeah that's yeah right. and i didn't i didn't necessarily care for the guy and i he was in the lobby of our theater and uh he was there to to see uh for a, a spanguli uh appearance and he dropped his uh his ticket and i don't think that he realized that he did and uh, I picked it up and I just said, uh, here you go, Eric. And uh, he's like, oh, it's man cow. And I'm like, all right, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric Mueller is his yeah. real name, but he's the man cow. Yeah. So, yeah. And, that, and he's, you I, know, he was so desperate to be Howard Stern. Like, oh, yeah. His most famous for after they got divorced, like shouting him out at some third tier award show. He was like yeah. presenting at like, you almost made it, buddy. So close. Yeah, no, he just, um, I think that same thing that I was talking about, about that sort of um, kind of outlaw uh, persona of DJs is something that he wanted so badly. He wanted to be that guy, that sort of like Christ figure for the masses. Yes. And uh, just wasn't really nice enough of a human to really ever get there. I will give him credit for this, though, because he was someone... Who, you know, slight political bend here. He he was like for the Iraq war. That's how like long this guy's been a part of our life. Um, but he did get waterboarded to prove it wasn't torture and immediately stopped it, sat up and was like, that's torture. That is torture. Wow. So I will give him credit for that. How Good you- on you, uh, Eric Mueller. <laughs> because Sean Hannity's still waiting for he promised to do it as well and uh, never has done it. But yeah, good on him. What I don't want to get waterboarded, but what, I do believe it's torture. Real, so I don't need to prove it. Real quick, what 
what is waterboarding again? Like I know it's the like term. You are slightly so you're 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 laid on your back, but you're slightly tipped backwards, and then a a damp cloth is put over your face. Mm-hmm. Do not do this at home, anyone, please. Yeah. Like people fucked around with this and really fucked themselves up when waterboarding was a buzzword on the news. But so you're slightly tilted back with a damp cloth on your face, and then they will pour water over that. So it's running like up into your nose and stuff. So your brain thinks that you are drowning when you're not, but you can if done incorrectly as wow. well. That's why I do not do it at home. You can kill your someone doing it, but if you know how to do it, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Man, who something thought, we shouldn't do. Who thought of that? Right. Yeah. Some guy like got a pat on the back for coming up with that. <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, all right, off of that, let's talk about things that aren't torturous. Right, yes, it's Pontypool from 2008. Not torturous at all. This was written by Tony Burgess. It was directed by Bruce McDonald. It stars uh, Stephen McHattie, Lisa Houle, and Georgina Riley. It had a budget of one and a half million. Box office, 32,000. Yikes. But that, I think... Uh, they probably made it back because this is kind of a it's a cult classic it they is. call it, it. yeah uh let's hit nansum real quick here we go. aging shock jock grant mazzy has shocked himself all the way down to the overnight slot on the local station for the small canadian town of pontypool the shift starts normally enough school closings and some banter with the production team but when kenny loney calls in with a report on a riot at the office of dr mendez the night turns into a slowly unraveling mystery of a deadly virus that's taking over the town of Pontypool. Isolated in their studio, the team tries to figure out what's happening while trying to keep their community informed and while trying to stay alive. Pontypool. Being isolated in Canada. That's, <laughs> that's you know, double doubling your dosage there. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, uh, I loved it for, for precisely that reason. Um, I mentioned it while we were watching that in the first 15 to 20 minutes, I was thinking like, okay, like this is a really nice setup, nice gradual build. It'll be interesting. You know, when we get out of the radio studio uh, and into this zombified world, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. Yeah. Because uh, most zombie movies have zombies in them attacking people and whether they're fast or slow or whatever, that's kind of the whole hook of, of zombie movies. But then we stayed in the radio studio and we never left. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic because there's so much, I, I, I'm just going to say this in the dumbest way possible. Somebody really thought this movie out. <laughs> yeah. Somebody really thought it out because there are so many separate pieces and ingredients that make this movie up, but that beautifully complement each other. And it makes perfect sense that it would be in a radio studio. Yeah. If you have a movie that is primarily about, we'll just go ahead and say it. We're going to say it a lot. Language. Yeah. Which you can't really necessarily say that for a lot of horror films. Right. Um, or even just films in general. Um, I, I personally am fascinated by language foreign language word usage vocabulary word history um fascinates me sure and uh you know but most people don't really pay it much thought and for a movie to focus on it let alone a horror movie that is supposed to be you know uh just titillating and exciting and and uh just a a a wild ride of an experience is a ballsy ass choice mm-hmm. who the hell says i'm gonna write a horror story about language <laughs> right but it worked and it's it's fantastic but it um i think it's it's very much some of those pieces that i'm talking about is that it makes sense that it's canada because canada is a bilingual country yeah um it also makes sense because they there are so many different geographical areas of Canada that they are extremely reliant on communication. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds like kind of a dumb thing to say, but it's, it's true. Um, so you've got that, you've got radio. So, uh, uh, a talk radio host. So everything is about language. There's no visual there. It's just the words. So that's a perfect choice for yeah. this movie. Um, and the idea of zombies in general, because, you know, we've got a movie here that talks about people just sort of 
you know, the, the trappings of blindly following what somebody says and blindly following something kind of sounds like a zombie. Right. So really that, that's what I mean by damn, somebody really put together a great story here. Yeah. Also the notion of, uh, like hearing something repetitively, it begins to lose its significance. And in this, they just use it as words, but I think you can definitely use that as in ideas and phrases. And, you know, it's just an easy way to uh, ease someone into a certain kind of belief system or whatever you're trying to get them to think. As long as you keep using it and it takes away, you know, whether you have a, a positive or negative reaction to it. For some reason in this movie, it was a lot of positive reaffirming words had the were the the problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, I, I like that. It's weird. Like this is just like a it's like a metaphor movie like that. The, like, right. The, the zombies are metaphors. And the and the, the beautiful part of it is, is that if you're ultimately saying that that there is a danger in just blindly following something that somebody says just because they say it, uh, whether that's radio or other different types of media or print or whatever, what have you. The thing is, what's great about that is that you can, you can identify with that regardless of your political leanings yeah. because both sides do it. Absolutely. So you don't have to look at this movie as a, uh, a left wing or a right wing movie. You're just looking at it more as like a propaganda movie. Yeah. You know, the idea of people not taking the time to process what they're, what they're seeing or what they're reading or hearing um, and just going with it. And what's so crazy about this movie being made in 2009 yeah. is I'm, I'm shocked that or it eight. Whichever. Or 2008. I'm conflicting <laughs> years, so it's hard to tell. This this movie will ever will be ever increasing in its you know relevance, relevance yeah, and importance. Um, it's we only get further and further and further into a society where people are are seeing something and it's pitched to them a certain way, and they are instant experts. And now they're spouting their opinions and it just, it does continue like a virus. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, in, in the past, uh, it's not to say that, that people were so well thought out in the past, but it's, it was much harder to spread misinformation. It's just cause it's easier. Now. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so it, it th that's why I say it, it becomes increasingly important. The, the message of this movie. But it's not done in. We should like we should clarify because it is a weird concept. Yeah, and we, it's kind of a newer movie, and uh, I know we never say spoilers, but I feel like that's assumed with our show by yeah. now. But uh, yeah, just to like lay it out, like the a they're not zombies. They are. Oh, and here's what I found out because we were watching the credits, and I was like, oh, there are five people credited as conversationalists. Yep. Those are the zombies. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So they are conversationalists are the <laughs> zombies in this movie. And literally what the plague is, is just you. I don't I never I didn't quite catch how it was transferred to someone else. But your symptoms are you get hung up on like one word. And then that just kind of like drives you down into a hole where you can't focus on anything else. And everything like kind of regresses to the simplistic thinking. Um, so yeah, that is like the the plague. Yeah, so to be very clear about it. There's an, an, an and one thing that it is explained very well out of a blue by a doctor who shows up right it's, out of nowhere. It's sort of like the, some words get infected, yeah. and if you hear the infected word. Even though it's it, that's that's a little hard to follow because it seems like the words that people get hung up on seem to come so randomly. It's not right. like it's not like they all start with the same letter or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, you, you hear the infected word, you start feeling the need to repeat it, and then the rest of your language starts to get scrambled. Yeah. Like um, I, I read the director was kind of explaining the concept to somebody and he's like, when, when you get to the point in the, the virus where it's scrambling your language, you want to say something, but the words aren't coming out the right way. 
So if you want to order like a cup of coffee, you're going to say like uh, Maserati purple buffalo, right. you know, or something like that. Like it's it's you're just the words aren't going to be right. And then the final <laughs> stage is that you now this was something that I read and I like the idea of it. I don't know if it was super clearly defined in the movie, but the final stage is literally wanting to eat your way into somebody's mouth. Yeah. Because in the movie, they seem to be going after whatever they could get their hands on the target of opportunity. Yeah. 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 I did read. Yeah. In trying to get some background. Yes. I read a lot. They were like, well, they just try and chew the other person's mouth off, but that's never really. Yeah clarified they do they're like the only instance of real biting in this is when uh, the dude in the chopper is reporting on them dragging someone out of the car but by their teeth or pulling someone out of a van by their teeth but it was never like it looks like they're trying to actually chew their mouth off right like it was that was never a and the girl who's in the studio with them who does get infected kind of chews her own mouth off but it just seems like it's a weird thing a zombie would do right like i'm never like ah the telltale sign just that phrase of chewing your own mouth off <laughs> right wow but uh, she does i yeah. mean it's she yeah, just kind of gets to work on that lower lip yeah, yeah you can mainly just do the lips but. yeah yeah you'd probably start with the lower lip i yeah. would say yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you know, you can't have a, a movie that takes place entirely in a, uh, a radio studio without somebody really, really good to play the DJ. Yeah. And this guy, this actor, had you ever seen him in anything before? I don't think so. I don't think I had either. Stephen McHattie. Stephen McHattie. So he is, I mean, I'm assuming everybody in this movie is Canadian. Yeah, they gotta be. But he sort of comes across with a little bit more of that almost American style bravado. Yes. Um, even though that's mixed with a sort of apparent, um, whether it's a psychological problem or it's just what he's going through at the moment, he's suffering from some sort of uh, lack of confidence or or uh, just feeling a little displaced from reality. But his overall persona is, you know, confident shock jock take no prisoners uh sort of um of exterior and this guy then thank god for this has a fan oh, wait dude he was in seinfeld all right this is crazy <laughs> sorry i was looking him up while you were talking he plays like when elaine was going to the psychiatrist and he's just like really oh, that's, that's that, dude, dude yes you know, that. because we found out earlier, earlier that uh, what is her name? Uh, Lisa Hool was on an episode of Seinfeld and just reading this. They're married. What? Yeah. <laughs> OK. He's married to Lisa, Lisa Hool. Yeah. Can you scroll down? Did he play James Dean in? Uh, uh, I saw a movie where he played James Dean early on in his. Oh, career. he was the narrator of basketball as well. I saw that by myself in the theater. No one wanted to come with me. Wow. Yeah. No, I've seen that guy. Yeah, I know. Crazy. He is a great actor. Yeah. Um, wow. He's got quite a filmography. Yeah. And he's got, and, and you know, even in addition to being a great actor, he's got a wonderful voice. He's, yeah. Like, that's why I, I don't know why I didn't look up his uh, life before this, but that I was curious. I'm like, he had to have done radio or something because he is a natural in the booth yeah as we say in the biz and and that's what's so great about him is that and whether i'd I'd like to think i'd like to go ahead and just give him credit that this was on purpose maybe he was doing this good of a job of acting but he not only seems more confident in the person that he is when he's on the air that versus scenes when he's not on the air yeah but it's almost as if his acting skills take a little dip when he's off the <laughs> See, air. You like, said that before. I didn't notice that really? too much. Yeah. But I think it might just be, I recognize he would have an on-air and off-air persona. Yeah. yeah maybe Maybe if I went back and saw it, I... And I, just because he's so smooth with that on-air persona, right. it makes his off-air look stiffer, I guess? It, maybe. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. But he's, he's great regardless. And he's... Uh, Joined by two other really great actresses, um, that Lisa Hool, who you mentioned, who is just, man, she's every once in a while you'll see an actor and they have such a, a naturalism, 
such a um God, you feel like you just know him. Like yeah. you've only literally, okay, it's a fictitious character in a movie. <laughs> they're not real, but they're doing such a good job with it that you're like, yeah, I know. I know everything about this person. Yeah. Like just by seeing what you see on, on screen. And so she's wonderful. The, uh, the sound engineer, uh, played by Georgina. Yes. Georgina Riley. Yeah. Also excellent. Although I will say. Something that I thought was kind of interesting is that when we first meet um, Grant, our DJ, and he comes into the the studio early in the morning, there's an exchange with uh, between himself and Laurel Ann, the uh, the sound engineer, and it kind of felt like there was going to be something else there. I, I'm not sure oh. what that exchange. Yeah, was. I felt there was a familiarity there. I. Th- so I was unclear on how long he had been working there. Not yeah. long at all. Right. Was this his first day? It, it kind I of felt that way. Like yeah, that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was new there, which is another thing I liked. And it's something I thought about afterwards was because this is, as you said, like, oh, people probably don't listen to the radio as much before. And just to use man cow as another example, like there was a guy, although he had insane popularity in the 90s and a little bit of the 2000s. The last 10 years, that guy has like ping ponged around to every radio station in Chicago, uh, you know, and it's always every time it's like, hey, we got man cow now and hopes people will be like, whoa, man cow's back. It's like, no, he's always been on just you. No one cared anymore. You right. know, <laughs> but so, yeah, this guy is kind of he's got that shock jock shtick, which he still tries doing here and the and the producers like okay like we're just doing school closings you yeah. know like this is but, canada yeah like he can't help it but it's like he has like that type of dj is not wanted anymore in radio so he's like the only fucking job he can get now is this overnight in this like dinky station right broadcasting from a church they don't even have a station yeah and and you know what what i i really like about that character is that you know we keep referring to him as like a shock jock because that is what they what they were going for but what i really like was that they didn't make him so over the top and like almost circus like you know like and that's the other thing i was gonna say he was never like i used to be huge like what am i doing here now like he's pretty much it seems like he's accepted it yeah and is still just doing what he likes to do which is radio yeah and uh and while he has (laughs) It is kind of cute that he has his little sound effect things, like a couple of little <laughs> yeah. gadgets on, you know, on the uh, at the uh, the controls there that he uses. But it's not like that wacky morning show type. Shtick. Right. Yeah. So. So that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, there are probably a couple holdovers from when he had slide whistles and <laughs> right. <laughs> who knows what kind of morning, you know, morning show he had. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny to me how. um because the whole thing was on accident that how zombie movies are apparently the, uh, the platform for social commentary in horror. Right. And it's so funny because it's all by accident because everybody traces it back to uh, George Romero casting a black lead in uh, night of the living dead. When the only reason why he cast him was because he was the best actor there. <laughs> right. It had nothing to do with the fact that he was black. Um, but people sort of, saw that as as a bold move and so they they kind of prescribed this social commentary to that movie which i suppose there might be some i I think he was just setting out to make a horror movie yeah but something about zombies and and politics really seems to to mix and i think it's um it's because I, i wrote this down i was just checking to see what i wrote but um i think this captures it You'd think that the focus of a zombie movie is becoming or being a zombie. But what makes a zombie movie so effective is that it it's spending more time actually forcing you to grasp what it is to be human. Right. Because now there are stakes at hand and the chance of losing that that loss of sense of self, that loss of humanity. I'm going to become something. I'm still going to be in this body, but I'm not going to be human anymore. So it's kind of 
fertile ground for social commentary because it's just basically talking about humanity in general yeah. and the, and the sort of like a delicate balance of, of maintaining that. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. So how do you feel about the new, have you watched the new Zack Snyder zombie movie yet? Cause that one has like super conscious zombies, just like I know what I am and no, I have I not seen it. So I just know there it's like there are, and this is what I've heard, you know, there's a bunch of subsets. Like there are some slow zombies. There are some fast zombies. There are some smart zombies. It's like gremlins too. Like there are some electric zombies and some vegetable zombies. Not really, but that's <laughs> hilarious. We should do gremlins too someday. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I would be interested to see that. But I, yeah, they I have would. like a hierarchy and like leadership and shit like that. See, that's, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I would be interested in a new take. Um, Lord knows we got, this was actually, which was kind of flirted with in, uh, what's the one with Will Smith? Uh, where he's the last guy. Oh, the, I am legend. I am legend. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, this was really the beginning. There are more vampires though. I think so. It's okay. 2000. (laughs) There's a lot of them. Yeah, they're like energy He's one of the la- yeah, yeah. There's, there's similarities there. <laughs> um, but this was sort of the beginning of the just rage of zombie movies. Yes. So right at the beginning of the the 2010s. Um, yeah. We so I would be interested to see an interesting take or a new take on it. However, I do kind of like the fact that zombies are zombies because you know just sort of the the mindless zombies that we know because they are the least blamable movie villain in ever like even the wolfman who is cursed yeah right still i mean you know he's he's looking for trouble yeah he's he's looking to kill people yeah um and once you know you've got that curse like it's up to you to protect right others yes you know yeah and but zombies i mean they it's not their fault (laughs) right you know they they didn't choose this and and they're and they're probably not processing that much thought as it is, they're just sort of, you know, kind of singularly minded. So it's kind of like, who's going to hate on zombies? Right. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, so they, they make yeah, for it's like, re- you know, there are sharks in the ocean. Like, yeah, that's just their natural <laughs> habitat now. Right. Stay away. Yeah. They it, don't. They're just acting on instinct. Yeah. So just kill them all. Whoa. You know? Oh, wait. No. Yeah. Don't zombies. Do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Save the sharks. Kill the humans. <laughs> right. Zombie sharks. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> depends but yeah, um, now we're in a gray area debate yes. here man <laughs> so um so you know in talking about this and and it being that fertile ground for uh political views and and um you know the the usual preachiness that i uh, i tend to avoid there's not a lot of that here it's really more um building tension and they do a great job of there's nothing better about the loss of control than seeing people who are supposed to maintain control being losing it. Right. So, okay. Like what I'm saying is if you're just a random person in the street and you see a building explode, yeah, you're, you're entitled to freak out. Right. But if you're somebody on the radio, that's supposed to be keeping the peace of the public, you don't get that luxury right. and you got to hold it together for everybody else. So that just makes it that much more tense when you start to see things unraveling and these reports are coming into the radio uh, studio of these crazy things happening. And in the beginning, they're they're kind of tempering it with like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, I there's, there's, we're getting a, we're getting a pranked. We're getting, we're yeah. getting punked. Right. Remember that show? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, uh but yeah, and that's what I liked a lot about this. Like, it was the most tense because, like, the first half of the movie or third ish, I guess, is just them in the studio before the doctor introduces himself and starts explaining everything. Everything up to before that, it's like le- legit just them in the sound booth talking to people on the phone. And the, like, some of that shit gets so intense when they're talking to the guy, to the guy in the chopper. Who's not a guy in a chopper. He just has some sound effects because they're a very small budget (laughs) station, but they know how to dress it up. Uh, You know, like there's one point where he's reporting on the group that are pulling people out of the van with their teeth. And he's like, 
but still it's like visceral he's like oh my god he's reacting to it and yeah. just him being like oh they heard me do that oh god one of them turned this way like like that is like one of my nightmares like and i think we i think we talked about it in one of the friday movies in six maybe where like the guy just comes and is like looking and then all of a sudden when the villain just turns to look at you and you're like oh shit all right that now i'm done i was just an observer now i am involved here yes uh but yeah like hearing it like it's scary enough seeing that scene like jason seeing a guy and knowing but just hearing a guy relay it on the phone was i was like oh fuck this guy is done yeah it's kind of like a horror movie version of that dude that poor dude who gave the commentary for the hindenburg <laughs> but if the hindenburg had been like a killer like this slowly turned and like looked at him <laughs> in the sky, like instead of blowing up you know that like, oh no that blimp looked right at me <laughs> oh god uh, so um it's kind of like that and it's great because that's it, it feels it feels so much more desperate. It's one thing if you see the guy in the studio screaming for his life. We're watching that. We can wrap our minds around that. But when our brains have to be the special effects team, yeah, and we're envisioning what is happening with this guy, and we can't help him. Yeah. Not that we can help him when we're watching a screen, but it feels like we're a little bit closer yeah like we're at least there in the room with you but when we hear that distanced um uh, just hopelessness and and fear it's that much more affecting yeah yeah and he's he's excellent but you know what's funny is and and they mentioned it or you kind of mentioned it a little bit ago talking about how in the beginning they were thinking like oh maybe this is a prank you yeah. know or or these aren't really real reports so you catch yourself even up until pretty late in the movie wondering, well, is it real? Um, and, and now it's like a, a sort of, I don't know. It's a trapping for me now because fucking driller killer. It's like, you know, he, you, you were planted, those real. Yeah. You planted the seed of like, okay, did any of those murders happen? And now pretty much every horror movie I watch, I'm like, is any of this actually happening? I don't even know what to believe anymore. Um, so, but, but this movie does a great job of that, but, but you can't help but think that because of the nature of the fact that we have no idea what's going on out there. Right. And that's, that's what makes it so successful. But, um, I did think it was kind of interesting. I mean, once they all show up, you're like, oh, this is real. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when a young lady is biting her lower lip off, right. then you're like, yeah, something might be up, you know? Um, but no, it's, uh. It's really interesting. I one one little and this is this is just a a blip that doesn't even really matter because like you said apparently they're married in real life so yeah. I guess it's fine. Did you feel a little weird about what I perceive to be an age difference between uh Grant and uh and Sydney and the fact that now I know when they kiss at the end it's sort of it's it's a very specific incident uh right. you know, incident for yeah. for a very specific purpose but um but did did you i i don't know i i kind of i i wonder if we're still doing that like are, is hollywood or the movie making public still pairing dudes with girls that are like 30 years younger than they are right i don't know i didn't feel there was too much of an age discrepancy with them that didn't trigger me really with no anything. okay it was not like halloween three like <laughs> Whereas <laughs> a 50 year old and a 20 year old yeah. but yeah no this i didn't even think about that it, to me it was just like i i got no sexual tension from them up to this point anyway so yeah, okay yeah for that to be like for a kiss to be the thing that kind of cures her right um yeah, I don't know. Now let's let's talk for. And once. then when a kiss, wouldn't she react negatively and negatively to a kiss because she thought kiss was kill then? Or yeah, kill was kiss. Yeah, it's like how. So I'd be like, dude, circular. don't kiss me. Right. Yeah. How circular is that logic? Right? right. Oh no, she says she says kill me. She does. That's true. Yeah. All right. All right. And then it, yeah. Yeah. You're Which right. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I did uh, think of everything. Never mind. <laughs> no. I mean, but, I will say for a for a movie that has such like. <laughs> loose rules and yeah. nothing real specific like i've said sometimes that helps more if you don't explain stuff and leave it a little vague 
So when you try to explain it and go against those rules, that's when I have an issue. So this movie really didn't do that too much. There is a lot of, I mentioned the doctor come in and we'll just like, if you know the term deus ex machina, like that's this, like if you've ever heard that term, that's who this guy is. Someone who just shows up out of the blue and is able to explain everything to you (laughs) without anyone really having to discover it. Like this guy just shows up and is just like, oh, hmm. It's a virus transferred through language, you know, just after hearing one person talk once, essentially, he's just like, ah, ah, and she has to suicide herself into someone like, dude, this has been happening for 15 minutes. Like, no way you've assessed this much about how this fucking thing works. That's my only issue was this doctor. But yeah, it's a little convenient that way. Um, It's true. Uh so let me speaking of things that aren't necessarily clearly defined in this movie. Uh, not that it again is a huge deal, but it was just a little shocking when I'm sitting next to you and we're watching this movie and you're like, Oh shit. Are they in brown face? Oh yeah. And there are these, there are these <laughs> local singers and I'm given to understand. I think they're supposed to be like from like a, a local theater production. Yeah. So they're coming onto the, the radio probably to, you know, um, promote their show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just promote. And, um, and they sing this song, which is such a crazy ass song, it, but there's little kids. They're and supposed they are, to be like Pakistani or something. Right. They introduce them as some sort of affiliation with a Pakistani group. Right. And the thing is, it's radio. So why did you, even if in your production, you make the mistake of putting these kids in brown face for when you actually do it live, why did you put them in brown face to come to the studio? Right. And we don't mean like brown face, like you're like, oh, that's a kid who is probably wearing like a white kid. Like the features look white. Like it is like a defined makeup line down yeah. the side of the face. So you're just like, what is the point of this part? You know, part what are they saying about those people? Because there, I, I don't know if this is if I'm reading too much into it, but I did read an article where they think a lot of the because it's only the English language, mind right. you, that affects people in this. Uh, so because they're in Ontario, they're able to speak French, and it doesn't affect them as much. And there's a lot of animosity in between, like, and I've seen it when I've been in French Canada, like in Quebec, like when you speak English, they're like, fuck you, dude. Like they have no time for it. Uh, So it's like, but but again, I don't know how you build in the the Pakistani part to it. I don't understand how that, because as I was getting to, yes, there is like a rift in that. So it's like people who (laughs) speak English suck. And they're part of the, their main part of the misinformation problem. You right. Know? I, I, and, and maybe it was something, it, you know, funny enough, it might have just been a, a comment on like the standards or levels of, you know, professionalism of community theater right. in rural in Canada. Small, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that's like if you want to do a play about like people from anywhere other than Canada, right. then and you'd I'm sure be, their hearts were in the right place. Like right. people from Pakistan are Brown. Right. <laughs> brown. We're just, we're, this is a Canadian accent. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I just, when it was happening, it was so bizarre. Yeah. Well, number one too, because like it's, you weren't really used to seeing anybody else in the movie because yeah, it's I like really totally just, forgot those people even showed up. But yeah, yeah it is like a weird. You're like, why are these people here? <laughs> right. Are they going to be integral? No, right. they just kind of come in and do their thing. The girl, the brown face girl, shows up later for whatever reason. She's now like sleeping inside the studio. So the which is never explained. I don't know. It does. It does give us. Um, it, it presents the opportunity for us to have somebody who is infected right. go after people. And a good opportunity to have two adults beat the fuck out of a little kid. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I turned to you and I was like, they stamped out racism. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's one thing. Yeah, two people beating, two adults beating a kid, not like each of them, but at the same time, right. like concurrently beating them. Um, no, it's... Uh, it's interesting, though, speaking of that, because there's there isn't a ton of violence in this movie. No, there isn't a ton of action in that way. 
it's so much so that when it does happen, it feels very real because it hasn't, we haven't been kind of like the point of the movie. We haven't been desensitized to it yeah. Uh, yet. So that when it, when, when you do see it, it's, uh, it's really affecting like, Oh shit. Like things are happening. Like, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's great that way, but it's, you know, somebody might oversimplify it and say that it's a zombie movie without zombies. Um, kind of just trying to, basically describe what you've got here in sort of a, a cute and clever way. And I guess you could say that, but I didn't find myself thinking that it was contrived. It didn't seem to me the fact that we weren't seeing a lot of zombie hordes that didn't seem like, um, like they were trying to be too cool for school. Like right. it seemed to make sense because they are in a very isolated place when you're, you know, like you would know in a, a radio studio, you can't just have people waltzing in and out. You know? Yeah, like, it's like unsettling when someone walks in because it's so quiet, except for whatever noise you're making. Right. Hearing anything else in a radio station is creepy, <laughs> especially when you're doing a night show. <laughs> That's right. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, the movie does a really great job of, of building, um, you know, and we get to see people everybody sort of takes their turn losing it and, and freaking out and then kind of gathering themselves again. Um, the one thing that I thought was, uh, was fine. I didn't have a huge problem with it, but um, there's a point where Sid is on the phone with her. She's trying to reach her kids. Now, something that I didn't pick up while we were watching it, maybe you did um, when she's talking to her kids, I read somewhere that she's hearing them get affected. Yeah. I read infected. that too, but I did not get that. Yeah, while watching. and um, I don't know. I guess I guess you don't have much of an exciting movie if you just have then an adult like collapse in like a state of pure depression because their children are now zombies, <laughs> right. you know, for the next forty five minutes. So you can't really do that. But it kind of seemed like okay, well, that's checked off the list. Her kids are gone. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Because that was that was something I was thinking about. Like, she is going to be wanting to get to her children. Yeah. You know, but I, again, they fix that by turning them into zombies. Yeah. But yeah, because it's, it's very unclear on how it's transmitted. So, and even people who do repeat, some of them snap out of it right away. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's hard. It was hard to pick up, like, when I should be worried about someone i know what you mean because that what this movie doesn't have and i'm not i'm not it doesn't ruin anything for me but generally a movie like this that's going to have a slow burn and build yeah is going to have that super clear aha moment and maybe you have to have a few mini aha moments before you get there yeah but there is going to be some point that you get to where you're like okay now everything makes sense this movie never quite has that. No, you don't know why it started with terms of endearment. Cause like in the beginning, the infected words are like honey or sweetie, stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm not even really sure why they chose that um, as the, the means for it to like a starting place that it yeah. would be a, uh, a sort of, um, you know, term of endearment would be the, the, uh, the, the beginning of it all. I'm not, I'm not sure what they were going for with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's. I mean, we get the general idea of what's happening by the end of this movie, but it's not crystal clear. Yeah, unless it's some weird like, I don't want to be too open with my point where it's like words of hate. The more you repeat words of hate, they lose their meaning, which I feel is the message there. But they're using it with terms of love instead, like. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? But that's not clear. That is me really trying to stretch, trying to make sense of why terms of endearment are the things that start people down this infected path. Right. And um, and so, okay, now that you say that, here I am kind of like eating my hat because I'm the one that's always bitching about preachy movies. <laughs> And like what you just said, that they could have come right out and said, like, when you repeat words of hate or, you know, hateful words or whatever. Um, and that would have sucked if, yeah. they, if they had come right out and spoon fed it to us like that. It would have been garbage. Right. So, OK, so now I'm comfortable with not knowing everything exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah, that makes it less preachy uh, and still provides a little bit of mystery. Speaking of mystery. There is a final sequence that they decided 
to put at the end of the credits because originally this sequence that there's a sequence outside of the uh, the studio that uh, is at the very end of the movie. Originally, it was literally at the end of the movie. People were so confused by it, though, that they took it out and put it after the credits. Okay. So it was like end of movie, but pre-credits. Right. Okay. So. Because they get. We should say. Spoilers, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Like they die. You hear a countdown and it goes to black in French and they are essentially bombing the radio station. Right. Turns out they did not die. They, that's what this this sequence okay. is. They are not dead. What they are doing to keep themselves are they presumed dead? Um, they might be presumed dead, okay. but they are not dead in real life. Okay. When we see them, so it, it is the same characters. Yes. Yeah. They lived. Okay. They lived. Okay. They totally lived. But it seems so weird because they're speaking kind of funny and they're saying these Using things weird, about names. These weird names. Johnny Snake Eyes. <laughs> what this is, is his name now or whatever. And I trust me, I'm not saying that I'm smart enough to pick this up. I had to read about it to figure out what <laughs> Good, was happening. Because I read about it and I still do not understand what the hell they in in a continued effort to keep themselves from being affected, but being able to speak English uh-huh. uh, because their their French is limited. Fuck speaking French. Yeah, uh, they uh, they have to have this sort of like poetic nonsensical way of referring to each other to continually keep themselves vaccinated from the virus of the language. So they speak in these strange ways. Um, they, they don't necessarily say exactly what they mean. They call each other by different names. They, they have different personas. So everything is always constantly new. Yeah. That way they can't get infected. Interesting. Just learn French for crying out loud. Uh, or that, that sounds like such a pain in the, I'm going to invent my own language instead of just doing one. I can, then converse with other people with it's not like you're asking an american to learn Man. french which is completely right. unreasonable. they already kind of knew french yeah they that yeah <laughs> right that's their thing yeah it's not like they're learn. they just need a refresher on right. french and they're fine <laughs> right but no they create it like they're twins and have a, their own google language i guess uh from what i heard about uh something the director said i don't know i i, I didn't realize this i guess there are you know there's a little bit of a rift there between the the French speaking and the English speaking Canadian residents. Yeah. And um, I don't know much of anything about that, but um, he's definitely playing with that a little bit in this. And also the reason why they asked him why he wanted English to be the only language that's affected and <laughs> kind of funny enough. He's just said, well, he's like, it might have something to do with the fact that my you know family is Scottish and it's just another way to say fuck you to the English. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, all right, I'll go with that. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, I mean, I thought it was going to be some like bigger, loftier thing about the English speaking world and the evils of these people. But it's like, no, it's just he fucking hates the English. Yeah. So <laughs> good on him. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a movie that that says a lot. It's a movie that plays with not so much the the happenings of the book which is entitled uh Pony Pole changes everything um they really were more inspired by uh the Orson Welles 1930s broadcast of War of the Worlds yeah. uh where a seemingly normal broadcast is interrupted by an alien invasion um and that is about the coolest damn thing that ever happened in in entertainment anywhere. Yeah. And I'm surprised that it doesn't have, I mean, you'll see it referenced in plenty of things, but it's so super cool that Orson Welles did that yeah. and freaked people out for real that I'm surprised more movies haven't kind of jumped on that. Yeah. But this like movie, Blair Witch is like the only one and yeah. it kind of worked. And if you were around when Blair Witch and any of the hype that you heard about Blair Witch, like magnify that by 20 and that's how like war of the worlds was impacted i mean people freaked out yeah and they were they were uh, uh more simple-minded back then too <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so easy to manipulate um but uh but yeah i mean if if there is an overall message here that like we're talking about um it is to consider the information that you're taking in just consider it like just just take the time to to verify something. Um, 
take the time to even know if it's important to you. Sometimes I think people hear things and then they think, well, that sounds like a noble thing to say. Sure. So I'm going to repeat it myself. But it's like, guess what? If you don't care about it, you don't really have to say it again. (laughs) You know, like it's fine that that person said it. You don't have to say it too. Right. You know, and nobody's looking at you saying, well, actually, I take this back. Some people do this. Some people might look at you and say, well, why aren't you saying the thing? Why aren't you condemning the bad thing? And it's like, well, there's plenty of other people doing it for me. Like, it's not to say that you don't believe that. Do you know the Dave Chappelle routine was Ja Rule think? Uh, no, huh? oh, that's that's kind of become the meme now, where he does a whole bit about I don't even rem- I don't even remember the event it was, and they were like, "Well, so l- we're going to talk to Ja Rule about it," and he's like, well, who, the, "Who the fuck cares what Ja Rule thinks about this?" <laughs> so that's kind of the meme now. It's like anytime there's some d- insane dust up, no matter what it is, like, yeah, but what does Ja Rule think about it? <laughs> like that's essentially what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. And the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, it, you just. I don't know. I think that I think that there's something amazing about the amount of information that is available to us now. I don't think that you have I don't think that the goal in life is to fill your time here up with as much information as you can. I don't think that's the goal. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. And you're going to drive yourself crazy if you do that. Like just focus on the stuff that actually matters to you. And if there is something that, that you read or that you hear or somebody says or you see happening and you, and it does perk up your ears and it makes you mad or it makes you happy or whatever, then look into it a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit, I'm guilty of it, too. I'll I'll see something. It. I like to I love to scoop something. I love sure. to be the first one to tell somebody <laughs> something. I mean, everybody loves that, but I especially love it as a performer. Um. So I, I get it. I do it too. But yeah, just kind of like consider if something is even worth your time to say, shit, the amount of posts that I put on Facebook and erase and delete oh. five minutes later, I just do it all the time. And it's kind of like, I feel like I just needed to to blurt it out. And yeah. once it's out, then it's like, well, I don't really care about it that much. Right. Yeah. You should delete Facebook. And uh, yeah. I'll just well, I'll put it on record altogether. here uh, on a digital record. Please delete Facebook. But I do the same thing. There are so many like Reddit comments I'll type out and I'll just be like, <sighs> delete, 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 yeah. delete. Why? I, I, why? Even if you spend no one a gives a shit what I have to say it. about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when I spend a lot of time writing it that I'm like, eh, it's already it's lost its meaning to me already. Like, who the right. fuck cares what I have to say? Right. And maybe that's maybe that's the point here is that it's not that people don't have important things to say. It's just that maybe not everything in their head is important or everything you read is important. There's a great line in the movie, uh, search and destroy, um, that says, and my God, if you wanted to talk about what should be the slogan for social media, this line, just because it happened to you doesn't make it interesting. Right. (laughs) And man alive. I mean, we could all, you know, tell ourselves that every morning and, and just kind of remind ourselves of that. We could use it. Um, but I think that that's what this movie is getting across. It's not even saying that like this specific thing is bad or this specific thing is, is good. It's just saying, consider things a little bit. Yeah. Look into it a little bit. Don't yeah. just, don't just, um, mindlessly Repeat subscribe it. to something, yeah. you know? And I, and I, I think that's great advice. It is. Yeah. Good job, Canada. I <laughs> always know how to do it. Sorry about the acid rain. <laughs> That's on us. I'm I'm a little late in that apology, but yeah, but yeah, acid rain, man. Yeah, they they were upset about that. Yeah, and yeah, I haven't heard much about it, so I guess we fixed it. Kind of, you know, whose fault it was? It was all the states out east. Oh no, that um that said we don't want to have our unsightly like um power stations. Uh So they actually made like places in the Midwest. They bought the power from the places in the Midwest and said, you build the the towers and things there. Yeah. And the Midwest is like, okay, we'll do that. And guess what? Go fuck yourself because we're going to build them so tall that the, all the whatever pollution is going to pass right over <laughs> us and back on to you. So blame, uh, I don't know, Massachusetts. Yeah. 
Well, based on the air quality I deal with every day, we also failed ourselves. Yeah, we we also gotcha, East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're used to inhaling iron filings on a daily basis here in the Chicagoland, so it's fine. Um, But no, yeah, uh, Canada, man. I'm, I, don't don't you sometimes just catch yourself in the middle of the day being like, I'm glad Canada exists. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's usually a morning thought, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like Canada. I've, I've only really driven through it, but I have no issues with Canada. I've only seem to be it. doing their best, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like um, they just uh, they're like your more reason, like sensible friend. Yeah. Like we're we're like America's the fun the fun party boy. Right. And you know, then that's their friend to say yeah. like well maybe eventually you though do that. Canada's going to graduate high school and leave us behind. Yeah. Could happen. <laughs> Could happen. But there's always reruns of uh Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High, Degrassi the next generation, Degrassi the next class. Uh yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Have we done anything Canadian that we didn't like? Um uh, that's a great question. I I think we've Happy liked- birthday to me. I like that, though. I keep bringing that up. And while it was convoluted while I watched it, I love that movie. Actually. And that, okay, so that, uh, now I'm getting so good. So that was Canadian, decidedly yes. Canadian. You're um, thinking of the mutilator. I'm thinking of the mutilator. Canadian is not. <laughs> also, April Fool's Day seems Canadian. Yes, it is not. yeah. It could be Canadian if it wanted to. Yes. Yeah. Like if, you, they cast if you got a couple drinks in it, in it, like you could you could convince it that it was Canadian. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we we've loved everything that's come out of there. <sighs> yeah. Well, surprising that came up because <laughs> guess what we're doing next week. <laughs> Are we ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Okay, I feel okay. like yeah, we don't need. Well, the whole purpose of this movie is that you don't have to say every word that comes. Yeah. Into I'm your trying mind, to think so. of what else I want. I mean, I guess we didn't cover. They we kind of alluded to it. They kind of realize that if you can muddle the meaning of something, that will help cure you. So yeah, when when uh, um, Sydney is she gets caught up on the word "kill," we brought that up earlier. Mm-hmm. They change it to "kiss." So you flip the meaning. So they kind of have a whole bit where they're doing. There probably was some improv here. My wife asked if there was some improv in this movie, where it's like <laughs> they're just doing like word associate not even like they're doing like word disassociation like, yes he'll throw out a word and then sydney will just throw out another random you know like yeah cheese air pollution you know right. like that um yeah i loved that scene by the yeah, way yeah that was like, cool it was um just again as somebody who loves language like kind of seeing it sort of um handled in such a chaotic way is yeah. it was exciting well and it's and here's the other point here's the main point i was trying to uh, make that we didn't really bring up is there is kind of this underlying thing throughout it where they're constantly like should we keep broadcasting like are we part of the problem right now because right. we keep talking about this over the airwaves <laughs> right uh yeah like yeah and everyone's like yeah probably but we do have a job to do like right uh, that might just be a whole comment on media and we yeah. could go down a whole other rabbit hole, which we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's fun to see it handled in such a, um, I don't know, sort of a punk rock way. Like, like we're going to, you know, it, it's the fact that they, um, oh, how did the doctor say it when they understand a word? And that that the goal is to not understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I thought that was really exciting. You're talking about a person. I'm a person who literally for fun diagrams sentences <laughs> like like, you know, like put the parts of speech and everything like I just enjoy dissecting language and and um, just various word functions. So when I'm watching a movie that's now busting the logic of language apart it's like a it's like the porn that you feel a little guilty watching like it's like wow this is exciting yeah like (laughs) wait a second i want to clarify (laughs) i don't watch anything illegal or harmful to others only consent i have to really clarify that heard the words came out of my mouth and yeah here i am saying too much but yes no one would suspect otherwise tim (laughs) 
but no, it's uh, it is a, a a strong ass recommend from me. Um, it might not be much of a a pearl clutcher, um, no, but uh, but it is it's fascinating. It's not a party movie. It's one you're no, just gonna want to yeah. sit down and watch. Yeah, when you're ready to sit down and watch something really new and fresh. Yeah, um, this would be a great one. Yeah, I recommend too. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I was really worried, like the whole being in the radio station would wear off and then it just becomes like tedious and dumb, but they're able to just break it up in all the right ways. And as like unexpected as the conversationalist idea was, I bought into it. Like I didn't have an issue with it. So I had a lot of fun. I like this movie recommend. Cool. So that's Pony pool from 2008 or nine. <laughs> Next up. We're staying up north, a little Canadian director by the name of David Cronenberg. We're doing Scanners from 1981. Finally. (laughs) Finally, I saw this movie. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. I can't believe it took this long. Um, But then again, you see when a movie has an exploding head and you've seen the head explode, you're like, I don't really need to see the rest of it, do I? And that's the only thing I know about the movie. (laughs) I've seen that part. Yeah. So we'll talk. Is there more to talk about? <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Yes. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's next week. Scanners. Uh, please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Uh, check out our social stuff. Email us, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, a huge thank to our patrons. We've got some new patrons this week. I'm nice. Pumped. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you help make the show possible and, uh, you know, really give us the motivation to do it because we are ready to quit. So keep those dollars coming. No, I'm kidding. We're not. No plans on quitting yet. Uh, so, yeah. Tim, do you have anything else to say about Pontypool? Well, just from the very beginning when you were repeating the word gem, I just wanted to remind you that she is truly, <laughs> truly, truly outrageous god damn now i've got it fuck <laughs> truly means not <laughs> no i can't fail to do all right tim we'll see you next week see ya see ya